comparatively, we know an awful lot about life on the surface of planet Earth. We know a lot less about the extent of life in our oceans, and we know even less about the life festering deep beneath us in the rocks underground. Scientists estimate that 20% of the Earth's biomass, that's the combined weight of all living things, are beneath our feet. Microbes adapted to the extreme temperature and pressure down there. Now, geologists like Andy Mitchell from the University of Aberystwyth are determined to understand more about these microorganisms, and not just for scientific interest. If we are serious about getting rid of harmful CO2 in the atmosphere by sequestering it away in rocks, so-called carbon capture, we need to know how life underground will react. That's why he's been pooling together the data collected from scientists around the world to form a global atlas of subsurface life, I started by asking him how all these things survived down there in the first place. Obviously, many organisms at the surface, plants and so on, of course, use sunlight. These organisms don't have that luxury. So they have to use inorganic chemical energy. That can be elements and species dissolved in water, or it can actually be things that are coming sort of directly from the underlying rock underground. A little bit like a battery, a lot of these reactions are what we call sort of redox reactions to, in effect, generate these currents. When one organism dies, it leaves behind dead organic matter. And then other organisms, other microorganisms can can also use that to live. Where exactly is it that we find these microorganisms most plentifully? What rocks exactly are they making their home? We find microorganisms in all rock types. Now, the type of rock plays a role in terms of its structure and type. For example, if you have a a rock where there's lots of space inside the rock, like a, a, a porous rock, we're more likely to find more organisms in there simply because there's more space for them to live. There's more surfaces for them to live on. So that's one aspect. But one of the interesting things that came out of the work was actually the higher diversity and richness of organisms within coals. So obviously coal is a type of rock made from trees and other matter that have been compressed and heated up over millions of years. And we found, yeah, this this much richer community in coal-based settings. We imagine that it might be because Coals are more rich. They have this rich sort of stew of organic compounds associated with coal, which is, of course, you know, based on carbon. And that may well, therefore, sustain a wider variety of organisms and different metabolisms than other rock types, which are maybe a little bit, you know, leaner in terms of nutrients and things for organisms to live off. The global atlas you've been putting together... How did that vision come to fruition? That needed collaborators from lots of different parts of the world. Practically, what needed to be done to produce this analysis? There's a lot of published data out there from different environments around the world, but no one had really joined up the dots. No one had really tried to compile this data in order for us to get a a global understanding of what different microbial life we get in different areas different locations so our idea was really to to use fancy computer codes bioinformatics to effectively process lots of dna data lots of um, dna based information molecular microbiology information in order to sort of pull it all together and really start to understand what maybe common linkages there were between different environments or not 
as a result of this aggregation of all this knowledge and all these researchers' hard work, was there any finding that particularly leapt out as surprising or something that you hadn't expected to come back? Wherever we looked, we found a sort of common little community, a common association of particular microbes that we found in all of these environments. This core community may play an important role for the kind of initial colonization and, and, and sustainment of those individual communities in these different locations. On that common core community, what are the interactions like between these organisms living deep underground and the surface of the Earth? Is, are they very heavily interrelated? I know we mentioned sort of how they form based on old living things and uh, organic and inorganic carbon compounds. But other than that, what, what sort of interactions did you observe? Yes, it's a good question. I mean, we see some evidence of connectivity. We see some evidence that some organisms probably initially came from the surface. But on the other hand, we do find a lot of unique organisms, organisms that haven't been seen before, probably because a lot of these environments deep underground are very much isolated from the surface. So, you know, however many, many millions of years ago, some of these deep subsurface environments might have had some contact to the surface. Maybe if you think on geologic time, maybe when some initial sediments were at the surface that then over millions of years became rock. These sort of seed organisms may initially have come from the surface, but of course, over time, they have evolved differently to their unique conditions under these deeper, higher pressure, often hotter environments. 